I reached out to a few animation houses and I to get some pricing. You know, how much would you charge for uh, doing a thirty-second uh, animated trailer for this comic? And some of the prices I got were astronomical: twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars for a thirty-second trailer. That's Ooh. US. So, rightly so, animation is is it's pretty difficult and complicated. So, you know, I can't I can't argue with anyone who uh, charges that price for their work. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have that money, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I had the option: uh, where should we should we do a, a crowdfunding campaign, or should I just try to do this thing myself? So I started uh, looking at tutorials, um, studying. Um, wait a minute! Wait know? a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Are yeah, you trying yeah. to tell me that not only are you drawing, inking, and coloring, and laying out, and lettering the book? Are you trying to... Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead. Yo, family, what's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Soul's podcast. This is your host, Jonathan Soul. Family, what we do in the program is I talk to African creatives. I talk to folk from the diaspora, people who create comics, write fiction, people who indulge in serial entrepreneurship. So family, if you're trying to create your own place in the world, if you're trying to write the future the way you want to see it, you need to tune into this program. JonathanSoul.com every Sunday and Wednesday. And I do comic reviews on Friday. Love you guys. Now check out this interview. Jonathan Soul. Yep, yep, yep. I got the honor and privilege of talking to forces, of talking to two forces of nature. Right? <laughs> I'm talking about uh, the husband and wife team that brought us Cell Flux, Reluctant Heroes, uh, one and two. Not only that, not only is the art dope, not only is the story thought provoking. I mean, I'm not talking outside of my head. I mean, I, I, I found this line, a crisis can be the doorway to the soul that opens to the life of someone who is a complete stranger to us. <laughs> when the last time you see something that deep in a comic? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Everett McBain. How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you for... Uh inviting us onto your podcast. appreciate it very much. It's no problem, man. You're always welcome here at Jonathan Soul. So uh, let's talk about the comic, and then we're going to get into a little bit about yourselves, okay? People are tuning in because they want to know about the book. So tell us about Self Flux, Reluctant Heroes. Okay, well, uh, Self Flux is uh, basically the story of a, a young, kind-hearted priestess by the name of Okira, mm -hmm. who is faced with uh, her planet and her, her family and her life is faced with a, a, an enemy of unknown proportions. And she's tasked with the, the responsibility of bringing together uh, five other reluctant heroes who are the only thing that can stop this particular evil from destroying their planet. Mm. So she has the challenge of first um, coming into her own as a leader, and then uh, having to bring together uh, five individuals who have their own prejudices and hang-ups and, and issues um, to work as a cohesive team to defeat this evil that is um, threatening the lives of their, everyone on their planet. And that's, that's basically the story. 
Interesting, interesting. Now, as I go through the book, she definitely is what you would call a reluctant hero, a reluctant okay. leader. Um, these six individuals wake up in this room. They all have, they all are champions from their own particular region or their own particular tribe. And, uh, they all have, you know, these incredible uh, powers and, um, you know, one of the cats is a little annoyed and she's trying to calm everybody down. And, uh, she seems to almost be somebody that leads from the rear. You ever heard of that phrase? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's um there's this uh video I saw, it's like wolves, like a pack of wolves, and mm. the leader leads from the rear. He makes sure that there's nobody that falls behind, that they don't get attacked from behind. He kinda, you know, watches. Is that is that how uh our, our protagonist here is operating? All right. Okira, one of the um one of her main um aspects of her personality I took from my, my mother. Okay. Uh my mother um, as in, is the case with many um, black women in, in our time, sadly so, but it's, it's a reality. She okay. was a single mother. Okay. And uh, she never finished school or anything like that, but she had the, the knack for facing challenges. She didn't know how or when she would overcome the challenge, but she would face the challenge nonetheless. Um, that's that's basically Okira's mentality. She does what she thinks is best okay. with what she, what she has. So um, her relationship with the other members of the team, she basically wants the other members of the team to to shine rather than her. You know, so she puts them out in front, and she she would um, as the book goes along, we plan to highlight the fact that she would allow others. To, to exercise their abilities where it's appropriate rather than um, how, to, how to say taking the spotlight for herself then mm-hmm. you know that's that's basically how, how Okira um, operates she thinks of others before herself and that's across the board you know that's like I said that's that's from my mother I, I gave her that personality trait from my mother that's beautiful man that's beautiful yeah. um, if you don't mind can you tell me a little bit about your mom a little bit more Oh, well, there's a story I tell everyone. It's a true story. And um, it, it is how I got started in this creative field. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I was about five, maybe four or five, I had this um, thing that I used to do. I used to scribble in my exercise books in school. So while the teacher is teaching the lesson on the, on the, the blackboard, I would be, my head would be down in my book and I'll be scribbling, drawing um, I, I, if I might be dating myself, but you should be familiar with Herculoids, uh, oh, Space definitely. Ghost, uh, <laughs> yep. Thunder, Thunder the Barbarian. That's uh-huh. the kind of stuff I would be scribbling in my um, exercise books. Needless to say, this is this is a no-no as far as the teacher is concerned. Right. I, I'm I'm being idle. I'm not paying attention. That's how they interpreted it. So I I got scolded quite a bit for that practice uh, from my teachers as well as from my father at the time. Mm-hmm. My mother was the one though who saw um, value, if you want to say, in, in my scribblings. And what she did was she took me to a department store here in Trinidad, uh, a, a department store called Kerpolani's. Mm-hmm. And she bought me a sketch pad, a Flintstones coloring book, and a set of watercolor paints. Wow. And she told me whenever I feel like drawing these cartoon characters do it in the sketch pad 
rather than in my exercise books. And that's basically how I got started drawing. That's 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 how my whole creative journey began. Wow. Um, so you owe this book to your mom in a way. That's what I told you. She's the type. Um, she, she wouldn't know exactly how to face a challenge, but she will do what she thinks is best. Mm-hmm. So in her in her mind, me scribbling in my exercise books wasn't a problem. It's just that I didn't have the right channel to exercise this this creativity that I was demonstrating. So her solution was to get me the tools that she had, she could think of, you know, um, to get me on my journey. And, and yeah, it's, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be in in the the, the creative field at all. That's incredible, um, man. It's it's so yeah. beautiful that. Your mom not only saw the potential, but she helped you channel it. I think that's incredible. Now, yeah. I, I, I'm mistaken. You're not from North Carolina. Your accent sounds a little strange. Where are you from, brother? <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago, man. I, I <laughs> thought, I thought when you said that you um you you had a focus when you first emailed me and you told me you had a focus on um creators, African American creators. Uh huh. I don't know why it slipped my mind to let you know that we were based in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh-huh. You know, so um, a lot of folks when they when they see the book and they see the anime, the animation, yeah, they, they automatically assume that we're from the US. But but no, we're we're based in the most southerly island of the tropical Caribbean, Trinidad and Tobago. You, you know what I found <laughs> out, man? You know what I found out? There's African people everywhere. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. The diaspora, the diaspora the is diaspora. Last, man. Maybe I should change my tagline, man. African-American diaspora, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah, we're, we're, we're all over, man. Uh, and Trinidadians are all over as well. Um, we, we won a few Miss Universe contests. Um, we have a few Olympic gold medalists. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Lara, uh, he's a, a legendary cricketer. He's Trinidad and Tobago as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so folks know us. So folks know of the, the Trinidad and Tobago um, is there like an arts community down there? I mean, are you the only one that's drawing comics down there? I mean, you the only one creating anime? What's going on? No, no. There's a large, um, a large community locally that that is into comics, anime, animation. In fact, um, one of the things that that got us on this journey towards the the film is mm-hmm. that uh, we were invited by a, a lady here by the name of Camille Selvan Abrams. She hosts. Uh, uh, Anime Carib festival every year in October, and she saw our work online and she gave us an invite. And we went there and we introduced uh, self lux to the local community and stuff. It's a large, large um, thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a there's a large, large. Uh, there's not only Trinidadians in Trinidad working on anime, but there are Trinidadians all over the world working in the animation field, in gaming, in in um, comics and so forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, right now, I have the uh, the, the PDF of uh, Self Flux 1 and 2 that I got from peepgamecomics.com. And, uh, of course, you have your own site. Uh, tell my listeners uh, what your URL is and what they can get on your site. Well, yeah, you uh, anyone who wants to find out any um, more about Self Flux can visit selfflux.com. That's C-E-L-F-L-U-X.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Um, they, they can follow us to find out, uh, to keep updated as to the progress of, of the book as well as of the short film that we're working on. And um, yeah, that's about it. We, we also have a few other places, uh, DeviantArt. I have some of my artwork up on DeviantArt. 
uh, they could search they can search Okira, Cellflux, or GEM, GFX on any one of those social networks and they, they would come across us. Now is that your publishing company, Gem uh, GFX? Well GM GFX is our company. Um, I'm a uh, freelancer okay. operating under the brand GM GFX. So um, it's a registered company, but I, I freelance out of it. My main uh, source of income is graphic design. Okay. That's what I that's my day job. Wow, so, that's cool. Um, when we created Cellflux, we decided to publish it under the company uh, one time. That's beautiful. Now, uh, let me get a little deeper into the comics, and then I want to talk about your production process. Um, so you pick six characters from six different regions. The planet is called New Genesia. Genesia. Okay, cool. New Genesia. And uh, so basically, just to give the listeners a little bit of an intro, um, there was a war that lasted about 100 years, and uh, a council kind of developed to, to help broker peace. And each uh, region, there are six regions, and correct me if I'm wrong, Everett, and mm -hmm. uh, each region had a, uh, I keep wanting to say a counselor, but um, they had a representative. You know, to yeah. me, it seemed almost like a sheriff. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, a chief, you can say. Okay. A chief, uh, uh, in some cases, as in the case of Okira, there's a high priestess who mm -hmm. um, is her mother. She runs her realm. Yeah, so it's, it's basically a, a ruler, a leader, an overseer. Now, I find that very interesting. Where did the idea for that come from? It's almost like they're parishes or something. Well, it's um, the inspiration for the book came from a lot of places. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the keepers, the guys that were put in charge of overseeing the peace between the six realms, yeah. I, I got that idea from the United Nations. Mm, okay. uh, so... Basically, they took um, volunteers from each realm and they formed a, a, an overseeing council. And that council was supposed to maintain the peace, you know, uh, be the arbitrator if there are any disputes between the various realms. Um, so that's where I got that idea from, the, the, the United Nations or, or um, any council like that, that that is charged with keeping peace between um Warring, you should say, factions. Okay. Um, there's a hint of like politics in this in this book. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of politics. Um, there's uh, some new age philosophy. There's some. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it 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 isn't heavily kemetic, but there are some Egyptian references. Mm -hmm. But remember, this is all um, fiction. Yeah. So. New Genesia isn't real, um, well, per se, you know, um, but it, it's it's designed to reflect some, you know, if you see something in the book, you can find something parallel in, in our existence in, on yeah. Earth. You know, that's that that was my intention. Mm -hmm. That was my intention. Now, uh, another thing that stands out in the book, of course, is the character design. Um, okay. I think that, uh, is it Okira? Okira, yeah. Okira. Oh, her costume is is crazy beautiful. Uh, yeah. It's crazy beautiful. I mean, I, it, if somebody came to a Comic-Con dressed like that, that's like instant marriage proposal. Like, boom. Like, right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has like an Indian kind of flavor to it and kind of like a 
like uh, black consciousness flavor to it with the uh, with the little uh, uncle and the hip. I mean, it's it's badass, man. She has um, all, all the characters. We 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 again we pulled several inspirations. Her inspirations come from um, the Maasai tribe in Kenya. Okay. Uh, she also has some Egyptian um, influence uh, from the Ankh. Uh, there's a community in Trinidad called Spiritual Baptist. Mm -hmm. That's also one of her influences as well. Interesting. Um, interesting. One of my favorite uh, characteristics about African-American comics, and when I say African-American comics, my, my listener knows that I mean that the writer is black. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because in the beginning was the word. Now I'm not a religious person. You understand? <laughs> I but, understand. You know what I mean? But if you got a white person writing a black comic, it's a different vibe. Yeah, that's If you true, got a white true. person writing a black comic with a black artist, it's it's, it's something, <laughs> it's not quite, you know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so it's beautiful that you are digging deep into African culture and pulling out these gems. That's what you get in a black comic. You're not going to find that shit in Black Panther. You're not going to find that shit in, in Falcon, Captain America, whatever. You know what I mean? You're going to find <laughs> you're going to find Jungle Action. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to find uh, Black Panther and the crew. That 2D dimensional bullshit. <laughs> you're not going to find gems. You're not going to find inspiration. You're not going to find... I would say hints of social commentary in them type books because they're just strictly to, to, to move product. There's no love yeah. in them pages. We did, we did a lot of research before we, we put out our first book. And, and as I said, we are not professionals in any stretch of the imagination. Um, my wife and I are just doing something, you know, just because we, we, we have a love for it and, and we, Decided, hey, let's do this. But we did a lot of research. All, all the characters have um, influence in terms of their character design from, from all over the place. Like I, Ahote, that's the kind of um, the Asian guy that does the martial arts. Mm -hmm. His main influence are the Hmong tribe of Vietnam. You see those ankle bracelets that he wears? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Hmong tribe um, in Vietnam and in Southeast Asia, their, their dress code is similar to, to what he looks like. And they, how wow, his village is set up okay. is, is set up um, a lot like the Hmong. And his, his backstory is, is also a lot similar to the experience of the Hmong tribe. Um, uh, Samantha, that's the blonde-haired girl. Mm -hmm. her, her realm is made up of, of rich oligarchs. Okay. So she's like a princess, and and her her father is the king, and and, and that type of that's the the setup for them. And each of them has 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 a lot of um influence from different tribes and different peoples from our world. You know, that's that's what I had in mind when I when I put all of them when I did the characters. I mean, we did a lot of research before we put out the book, like about a year's worth of research before we actually put out that book. Wow. Now we're not going to go guess, through each each character because I want yeah, people to yeah. buy it. I want people to go to self selfflux.com right yeah selfflux.com selfflux.com exactly and you can go to peepgamecomics.com with an x to pick it up now let's yeah. go into the more technical side 
Um, tell me about your 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 artistic process. I mean, are you working with pen and ink, and do you scan it in? Are you drawing this in Photoshop, Illustrator? What's the what's the technique? Yeah, I, I work digitally, so I have a I have a Wacom or Wacom, depending on, on where you are, how you pronounce it. Uh -huh. Tablet. Uh, so I work directly into Photoshop, and um, what I do is I build each panel. Um, I know it's it's practice to. I mean, normal comic book practice to build a page, mm -hmm. but I actually build each panel, and then when I, I draw each panel, I take the panel and I build a page with each panel. That's my process. Wow, and okay. I build, I build each panel, uh, lines, inks, then colors, uh, highlights. Oh, so you're I doing your inking and everything? Oh, you're yeah, doing yeah, this all do. yourself? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is just, I, I, I do everything in terms of artwork, and everything that you see, in terms of artwork, I do, and my wife and I we, we write the story. But I do the lettering, the the artwork, the coloring, the shading, everything, everything. Incredible, man! Incredible. Now, um, you uh, you mentioned several times uh, your your animated trailer, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that now. And, and this is one of the reasons why I reached out to you. I saw your book like a year ago, if if, if my memory serves, and okay. uh, and so I read it, and I, and I and I think I did a review of it. And, uh, you know, I went on to other books. It's a strong book. I went on, I guess, because I was waiting for the print. You can get print from uh, of your book now, right? Yeah, you can get that from um, uh, Amazon.com. Okay. Uh, you, you can get the Kindle version as well as the print version. You can also get it from Drive True Comics uh, in print and digital. We're also on Comixology, but uh, that's digital. But you can get print from Drive Through and... Uh, <laughs> Now, that's Amazon. a new one on me. Drive through comics. Drive through comics. Yeah, drive through is, is pretty big. They they um they uh, have been around quite a long time as well. Yeah, okay, I'm familiar comics. with uh, like Indie Planet and Kablam, which I think might be similar entity, but drive through yeah. uh, comics. You, you hit me to something new, brother. Let me see. <laughs> drive through comics. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. So, um, tell us about the trailer. Okay, well, an interesting story about that. Uh, when we brought out issue number two, I wanted to create a, a trailer, an animated trailer, to pro help promote the book. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to a few animation houses. I reached out to a few animation houses and I to get some pricing, you know, how much would you charge for uh, doing a 30-second uh, animated trailer for this comic and some of the prices I got were astronomical uh, twenty thousand thirty thousand dollars for the second trailer that's Ooh. US so rightly so animation is, is is pretty difficult and complicated so you know I can't I can't argue with anyone who uh, charges that price for their work mm -hmm. but I didn't have that money you know <laughs> um, so I had the option uh, wait, should we should we do a a crowdfunding campaign or should I just try to do this thing myself so I started uh, looking at tutorials um, studying um, wait a minute wait know. a minute wait a minute wait a minute are yeah, you trying yeah. to tell me that not only <laughs> are you drawing inking and coloring and laying out and lettering the book are you trying to wait a minute man wait a minute wait a minute okay I'm gonna let you finish go ahead no, seriously, seriously. So um, I put my best foot forward. I, I it took me about seven months 
and I put together our first animated trailer. You could you could find that on YouTube as well as on Facebook. Wow! And it's, it was basically a, a, a throwback to eighties cartoon intros. I grew up on that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I used to run home just to see Thundercats underneath. When when the screen would go red and the Thundercats logo will come up, I would lose my mind, you know. Yep, so yep, I grew yep. up on that stuff. So I wanted to do something like that for self-flux. So seven months of work, learning process, learning curve, and I actually we actually got it done. And it's that it's it's that trailer that the the lady I told you about, Miss Severn Abrams, saw online and she was like, You did this? And I said, Yeah, we did this. She said, well, come to Anime Caribbean, show it, introduce it to the folks. And because of the response we got at Anime Caribbean, I sat with my wife and I said, I wonder if it's possible for us to do an animated short. You know, a trailer is one thing. A 30-second trailer is one thing. But I wonder if we can do a, a, a five, ten-minute animated short. And she was like, why not? You know, let's, let's do it, you know. So the first thing I did, I, I reached out to some voice actors. I went to this forum. Mm-hmm. And um, I sent a request out for anyone who would be interested to do a collaboration with us to put together an animated short. And man, I, I got responses from hundreds of people. Wow! Uh, I had no idea that that um, people would even take it seriously in the first place, much less you know want to be a part of it. But the team we finally settled on. Um, if I can call their names, because Do I want, I want, to, yeah, I want to give them their props because it's it's the most amazing team, not just in terms of their talent, but in terms of their personalities. Um, Demetria Bridges, she's doing the voice of Okira. Mm-hmm. It's a guy by the name of Matthew Curtis, supreme talent. He's doing the voice of the High Counselor. That's the main villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Manuel Benavides. He's Ahote. There's Chastity Connor. She's doing the voice of Shandrita. That's the girl in the in the green uh, head wrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Brown. She's from England. She's doing the voice of one of the, the villains called Genocide. Wow. Uh, Tony Black. He's our resident. Uh, Michael Jai White. He sounds just like just just <laughs> like Michael Jai White. Okay. He's doing the voice of Raymond. That's uh-huh. the that's the big guy in the in the blue armored suit. Right. Uh, Kate Sample. She's another Brit. She's from Britain as well. Uh, but she resides in, in Boston. She's the voice of Samantha. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a young lady by the name of Tracy Pafau. She has a, an extensive resume. I, I'm, we are still amazed that she even looked in our direction, plus decided to be a part of it. She Her, her resume extends way back as Touched by an Angel. Wow. As in she's, she's acted in Touched by an Angel and Dragnet and those TV shows. Okay. Uh, the most recent thing she acted in was, um, what's that show? Um, it escapes me now. That show with... Um, that lady was hiding the slaves. It, it escapes me now, but she, she has a part in that show. Okay. She's, oh, she's the voice of Sarah. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Hector Chavez. If you listen to the trailer, you'll hear a line that says, you'll be dead before you see me coming. That guy is a standout. Yeah, that's Hector Chavez. Yeah, he's, uh-huh. he's a brilliant voice actor. Yeah. Uh, William Hamer, he's the voice of Stephen. He's the tech guy. Uh, Stephen Jared, that's the... Well, Tracy Pafau, she's a really, really, really cool individual. The same, the lady I told you about who acted in Touch by an Angel. Mm-hmm. Her husband is also an actor, and she brought her husband on board. And she says, like, um, Stephen wants to do something. Stephen is her husband. That's so cool. So he came on board, and there's a guy by the name of George Sharperson. She also brought him on board. He was in one of the, 
one of Vin Diesel's movies. Um, oh wow! Fire. Is it Man on Fire? Or Man Apart, sorry. Man, Apart, Man on Fire is Denzel Washington. Right. Man Apart with um, Vin Diesel, he acted in that. And he's also doing a voice in, in the self-work short as well. Wow. So all these guys, all That's these guys, um, and they are, the, the, they are the, the coolest, most encouraging, uh, most uh, enthusiastic group. You know, you, you, these guys are coming on board as collaborators. Mm-hmm. So I am thinking they, they'll, they'll give me voices, you know. Yeah, the voices will be okay. But these guys didn't do that. These guys put their absolute best forward. If you listen to the trailer, there's a guy that goes, well, well, yeah, well, that dude. Well. Is that Hector? No, that's that's Matthew Curtis. That's oh, the guy okay, yeah. I was like, okay, they're trying to take it to a different level. When I heard that, I yeah, glad. I was like, wow. That sounded like that guy does a joker. A little bit in terms of just the, the emoting that he did. Yeah, he is. He's those guys are crazy. So this is the team that we got to work on the the animated short, and and they gave they sent over their lines. I did a script. I sent it to them. They did their lines. They sent it to me um, in in uh, audio files, mm-hmm. and I I put the the first thing I wanted to do was put together a trailer, which yeah. is which is what you saw. Wow. Yeah. So so I'm currently working on the entire film, which is. Um, Hopefully, as as you say, hopefully it'll be out in December. That's, That's fantastic. My December of 2017. 17, 17, yeah. Wow. Man, I, I, I tell you, you are really making a contribution. <laughs> you are really making a contribution, not only to this uh, Black Arts Renaissance movement, but um, you're making a contribution to the trend uh, that Black comics are creating, which is, kids are reading comics again right, right you know if you talk about comic books you're basically talking about generation xers like me and yourself i'm guessing you talked about herculoid so you got to be a gen xer and yeah. um and then the old millennials they're the ones that send the comic books beefing about luke cage and daredevil <laughs> on netflix and all that kind of shit you know what i mean they're they're beef but the little kids aren't reading books but yeah, when I yeah. go to a coffee shop and put some black books on the table, kids see that. When I sent them them comics to my aunt, my cousin down down North Carolina, you know, grandma called and like send more books. The kids are loving them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna be a part of not only children reading comics again, but children watching something wholesome in, in terms of, uh, you know, the animation. Now. Yeah. Now, I have to say this. Another thing that stood out about your book is that it's more cosmopolitan than I would say other black comics that I've reviewed. Yeah. You follow me? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I wanted it to be diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally... I appreciate uh, black authors and, and black comics, but I think there's a trend... And, and, and uh, it's a trend I don't like. I mean, everybody to each his own. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe in, in black with the exclusion of everyone else. Mm-hmm. I would like to... See the, I mean, it's, it may be a pipe dream, but I would like to see a world where everyone is included and respected. Mm-hmm. And everyone has an... And it, as I said, a pipe dream, you know? So when, when uh, we decided to create self-locks, Okira was the character that I had with me for years, for many, many years. Even 
way back as, as 1997, I had the idea of Okira with me, you know? Wow, okay. But when we, when we brought out the book, I wanted everybody to be represented. So I, I put someone in there to represent uh, a Middle Eastern uh, group. I put someone in there to represent uh, the rich oligarchs. I put someone in there to represent uh, the millennials with their technology. I put someone in there to represent uh, Southeast, Southeast Asia. You know, I put someone in there to represent uh, the community that I grew up in, which was a, a poor black community, you know. Mm -hmm. And I wanted everyone represented. I, w I didn't want anyone excluded. Hmm. I wanted Okira to be the focus because she, as I said, was, was with me for the longest. And I patterned her after my mother. And, and she's really the focus of self-love story is Okira's story. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to show that it's with the support of each group that we can overcome the evil that threatens us as a whole because the evil doesn't threaten one of us mm -hmm. it, th it, it threatens all of us you know that's mm. that's that's where I, that's why we have this as you say cosmopolitan and and where i'm from trinidad and tobago mm -hmm. trinidad and tobago is the most one of the most cosmopolitan places that you can ever visit there's there are people from all over the world um that make up uh the 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 people of trinidad and tobago mm -hmm. uh we we have Indian descendants, we have African descendants, we have Syrian descendants, we have Chinese descendants, you know, and that's that's because of that cosmopolitan feel. We have different uh, different foods, we have differences in music, you know, and it, it's a big, as we call it in Trinidad, a kalaloo of 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 people from all over the place, and that's what I wanted represented in this book. You know, with Okira as the focus. Well, you, you you definitely did that. You definitely did that. You know, some of the some of the comics I review is is Malcolm before he went to Mecca. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> hey, your comic is yeah, Malcolm yeah. after he came back. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I'm saying? I work with yeah, anybody. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Who's trying yeah. to you know just put off our neck? No, that's beautiful, man. That's that's beautiful. And um, just just to point out, you you would see, and in light of the thing, everything that we're having, um, one of the characters, Shandrita, you notice she's in she's in all green, mm -hmm. and she has a, a well, what they would call a hijab, but she's she's really patterned after Middle Eastern people in general, not Arabic or Islamic. Okay, you know, but she, um, it's very unpopular to have that type of character in a book now. Oh, oh, okay. So I'm looking at um like one of the last panels of issue number two. I just yeah. noticed that. Okay, okay, I see yeah. that. Yeah. So so I want the popular as well as the unpopular um to be represented in 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 Set of Locks. That's wow. that's what we're trying to do. We, we don't want to exclude anyone. Wow. Now um, we want to be real. Eh? We want to be we want to be true to well as true to the the reality as as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, and I will say this, even though, you know, uh, the comics, you know, I mean, the comics, the costumes are really nicely designed. I will say that there is a hint of modesty with the women's uh, <laughs> outfit. I say a hint of modesty, meaning in white comics, you know, DC and Marvel, the girls are basically finding in bikinis and high heels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so much so that if somebody... You know what I mean? Went to a Comic-Con, dressed actually like some of these ladies, you know, they, they, you might get a ticket. But yeah. um, they're, they're form-fitting, but there's a hint of modesty. Am I off on that? No, you're, you're, you're spot on. One of the things that my wife um, 
you know, wanted in particular is that we don't we didn't want the fan service, what they would call fan service type type books. Okay. These characters must be loved because of their personality, mm -hmm. because of their struggles. Uh, they they mustn't be appealing because of of their their body parts hanging out, in particular the gotcha. women. And then we 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 want to put forth. Again, I don't want to offend, and you know it's it's very easy to offend people these days. Say there it straight out on Jonathan Soul. <laughs> don't hold shit back. Say it straight out. Say it straight. You out. know these there are guys who and girls who like that sort of thing. You right. know, um, scantily clad uh, heroes. But we want to portray a, a better role model, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. So Okira had to be beautiful. As you say, her outfit is form-fitting, but she's not indecent. Right. She's not sexualized, and none of the none of the, the young ladies in the, in the book are like that, right. and the young men, for that matter, right. you know. So it's 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 was very important. And we've we've been approached by a few fans who have noticed that just what you've noticed, and they've thanked us for it. Mm -hmm. You know, they said uh, there's a an, a black character. She's beautiful. She's she's appealing, and she's not sexualized. Right. You know, they, they appreciate that. So, yeah, you're, you're spot on. That was intentional. Yeah, I mean, I never forget, man, back in 90-whatever, 80-whatever, when I got, I, I just bought my first comic book subscription, the Teen Titans, right? Right. And I think it was, well, like, toward the end of my high school. And uh, I got the first issue, and I opened up the cover, and it was Nightwing and Starfire in the bed together. <laughs> and, you know, I would, part of me was like, Wow, but the other part of me was like, oh, you know what I mean? It was like, you, you, you kind of turned the much out. It's like, it's like, it's like, I was a kid reading the comics and then, and then I started seeing like, you know, like, yeah, long story short, I think that there was a period of time when the, the stories, the, the story ideas had dried up, yeah, yeah, you know, or at least the good ones couldn't get past the editors at the big two. And so at the two white uh, uh, comic book houses, and so they had to rely on the salaciousness, and they had to rely on yeah. the, the skimpy costumes to, to to move product. And I'm grateful that you're not doing this here. No, no, we couldn't. We couldn't do that with with Okira. Okira, we think she's too important in terms of. Um, it's not like there are many other independent creators with with uh, black female leads. Mm -hmm. and, and we think it's too important that these characters represent something substantial for the for the the kids in particular you know yeah. um, Okira Okira can't be sold on sex or sexualization that that would be a disservice we think yeah. to the whole process you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now um, we're gonna wrap up I don't want to take up too much more of your time um, but what would you say to comic book creator? Now nah, let me let me. What would you say to that kid in school who draws in his workbook when mm. his teacher tells him that he should be paying attention? What would you tell that kid? Uh, don't stop. Mm. Um, find a find another way to do what you love doing. Um, that doesn't in, interfere with with you know what people expect of you. Mm -hmm. So it's like when when we got in when we decided to do this book, you know, um, we did all our research. The things that were available 
the things that were not available when I was growing up were available now. We had software, we had computers, we had the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have all of that when, you, when I was growing up. Um, but when we got in, we realized that if you're getting into this, you have to do it because you love it. Right. You can't do it. You can't do it for fame. You can't do it for money. You can't do it for notoriety. You have to do it because you love it. Because the, the love for it is what is going to fuel um, that passion. Is what is going to fuel you creating this thing when none of these things are existent. When money, fame, etc., isn't existent. Mm-hmm. So to the child that that scribbles, I say just keep doing what you love. Just keep doing what you love and make sure you fan that flame of of creativity. Find a way to exercise your creativity. There are many, many options available to you now, um, as opposed to when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just... tell those kids, sorry that your Uncle John was cursing. You know what I mean? I just get passionate <laughs> about this thing. You see, that wasn't classy like your Uncle Everett over there. You follow me? That wasn't classy like him. That's all, man. Passion, passion is important. Passion is important. Uh, however, that passion is uh, expressed. Right. Right, right, right. So, uh, so we're gonna wrap up here now. So we can get the comics at one of several places. If you want digital, you can go over to selflux.com. Uh, you can get the digital and the print. Is that correct? Well, when you visit selflux.com, you will see the other places you can get it. We don't sell the books on our website. Gotcha. But gotcha, gotcha. you can you can be linked to other places that that where they can get the book from by visiting our website. Fantastic, fantastic. And um, uh, I guess that's about it. You already told us about your uh, social media presence. And uh, quickly, just spend a little time talking about wifey. I mean, she, I know <laughs> she's busy, she's working, but let's give her her due, man. Obviously, yeah, yeah. the women in your life are, are the wind beneath your wings, give you a lot For of, real, that, that, you know, that's, that's, talk about wifey a little bit. Well, if you notice on the cover of each of the books and anywhere the self-lux title appears, You'll notice there are two names above the, the title. You'll, you notice which one comes first? Wifey. Right. I noticed that, that's, yep. Yeah, that's, that's, there's a reason for that. Now, she hates the spotlight. <laughs> she, 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 she's terrified, uh, stage fright, whatever you want to call it. Okay. You know? So she's always like, well, why are you putting my name on? Why are you? <laughs> do, you need to, do you need to highlight the fact that your wife is an... If it was not for my wife, I would not be able to do this. Mm-hmm. If it was not her, for her support, and she's the one who she, both she and I are the ones who come up with the ideas for the story in terms of the dialogue, in terms of scenes, in terms of what happens, who interacts with who, where, where the plot is supposed to lead, and, and that type of thing. And it, it's invaluable because I don't have a team. I don't have a team of writers. I don't have a team of. Uh, concept artist or anything like that. It's just my wife and I. And she's there with me batting, you know, back to back to back to back. I, I could not do it without her. Wow. She's my she's my support. She's my encouragement. You know, um, like this trailer that you you, you saw that, that caused you to reach out to me. It mm-hmm. took me a few months to do. Many late nights, uh, many all-nighters. You know, I would go all through the night into the morning working on this wow. trailer. And she's the one who would be there, you know, you're getting through, how it's, how's it coming along, what you need, you need something, you know, so it, it, it's, without her, it would be impossible to, to, to do this thing. So I'm, I'm hoping that one day I will get her to come to the fore and say a few words and so we're working on that, you know, but she, she's, <laughs> she's, she hates the spotlight, she hates the spotlight. 
That's fine, man. I think you're talking uh, well enough for the both of you. Uh, listen, uh, Mr. Everard Bain. Uh, thank you, McBain. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for appearing on the program. Man, I appreciate uh, you extending the invitation. Um, it's because of guys like you doing the work that you're doing that independent, create, independent creators like uh, ourselves have a, a voice and a platform to show forth our works at least. If it wasn't for you guys, nobody would hear about us or know about us. So thank you very much for that. Yo, family, I know you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. This is Jonathan Soul speaking with you now. Then head on over to JonathanSoul.com and pick up my ebook, Malcolm Mars. Malcolm like the prophet, Mars like the planet. It's a sci-fi ebook space opera. Talks about three brothers to take their families, pack them up in a homemade starship, kind of like an egg-shaped SUV, and they take them tomorrow to escape the violence, racism, the bullshit, basically. And they want to start a new life on the Red Planet. It's a lot of love. It's a lot of high drama. It's a lot of high tech. And most of all, it's a lot of black pride in that novel. So check it out. Malcolm Mars. Support this broadcast. Go over there to uh, Amazon.com and you can pick it up. Or you can go to my website, JonathanSoul.com, and it'll take you over to Amazon. Jonathan Soul, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L on Twitter. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, follow me on Tumblr and Twitter over there. In addition to the broadcast, you'll also get my other interests. Photography, architecture, gorgeous sisters you'll see over there, and anime. I got a really uh, serious interest in anime, particularly that Ghost in the Shell slash Cowboy Bebop slash, you know what I mean, uh, Black Lagoon. You know, just kind of a, a disport, you know, high tech, a little bit of dark uh, kind of vibration. But you definitely enjoy the images over there. Listen, guys, I love you guys. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope all your dreams come true. Find something that you enjoy as much as I enjoy doing this podcast. And you always guarantee some happiness in your life. Love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true.